0: The situation, the political and security situation in Libya is terribly complicated. We have uh, three governments that are officially in place, competing with one another, and even in Tripoli, which is where I was for three days, where one government basically holds sway. The city is basically divided in areas that are controlled by different militias that have their own weapons and their own agendas. And so we're talking about a very fragmented and very unstable and fragile political and security situation. These militias are also the ones that basically are controlling the detention centers and are making money out of it by not treating these people very nicely. In fact, they very often abuse and uh, actually don't give them uh, anything that we would like to think that people are deserving of.
1: How do these migrants and refugees and asylum seekers wind up in the detention centers in the first place?
0: Well, officially, they shouldn't be in the country if they don't have any paperwork. Of course, Libya has always been a place where migrants have gone to in order to be able to do work that wasn't done by the Libyans themselves. And so a part of the migrants that I've seen in detention centers are just basically people that have lived there for years and have been picked off the street and have been shoved into these detention centers. Some are people that have been picked up from border areas or from the airport that didn't have any papers and that have been shoved into detention centers. And then there's a final category of people that have been intercepted in front of the coast of Libya that have been returned and are now re-interned in these detention centers.
1: Now, I know MSF is working in those detention centers, and you touched on it earlier. Could you more in-depth describe the conditions that they face there?
0: I visited two out of the seven in which we work, and these are not centers in any normal sense of the word. I mean, they're warehouses very often in industrial sort of area. People are crammed into a very limited space without any light and without uh, much air, with no access to toilets, with little water and very often not water that is suitable for drinking and very little food. I've talked to guys that have been there, people that have been there for months, you know, eight months maximum, I heard, and people don't have a clue whenever they will be let out on, on what conditions and for what reason they would be able to earn their freedom back again. And then there was one instance where a guy was talking to me about some of the uh, abuse that they were getting, and he was doing so in hushed tones, and then at some point he just froze and he looked over my shoulder and there was a guard standing there, and clearly he was very anxious and scared.
1: We've had reports that women and girls have been sexually abused as well. Have you received those reports too?
0: No, we haven't uh, received those reports uh, through our work in detention centers. We are aware of the reports being made, but we cannot confirm it partially because uh, it's very difficult in order to be able to get sensitive information in working in these detention centers because we're doing so under the glare of the people who control the center itself and with their acceptance. People are not very often comfortable to tell us what is happening in those detention centers.
1: So what message would MSF like to tell European leaders about the migrants, refugees and asylum seekers in Libya.
0: abundantly clear from my visit and from our experience over there that Libya is not part of the solution. What happens over there is part of the problem and so therefore it is either completely naive or utterly cynical for the European leaders to pretend that they can stop people from leaving Libya and then return them and thereby solve the problem. No, what will happen is basically they will exacerbate the pressure and the suffering of people who are already suffering significantly at the moment. Part of the plan of the European Union consists of Relying on international organisations in order to improve the conditions of detention in Libya itself—that must be, uh, you know, one of those famous alternative facts. Or maybe uh, they're living in la la land because it is very clear that there's no international organisations. They don't dare sending their own diplomats into the country, uh, and uh, you will find very, very few international aid workers in the country. Most of them are sitting in the neighbouring country in Tunisia because the security situation isn't conducive for doing aid work in the country. And this These are the conditions that they're wanting to send the most vulnerable back into. It's very clear that they need a reality check, and they shouldn't uh, pretend that Libya is a safe country where they can send people back into.